amazing strike by Thierry Henry. Arsenal are level, and there was only one man. We are back, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to the Overland and AFC podcast. It has been a hot minute since we've done one of these, um, but it is great to be back. Um, Again, I am Tom Bramble. I am one half of the duo that does give you your weekly Arsenal and all things English Premier League news. course i'd like to welcome back for the first time in as i said a hot minute it has been nearly what a year since <laughs> dusted off the mic and dust off the podcast but um we are back and uh i'd like to obviously welcome back my mate across the pond how's it going phrase i'm good mate how are you yes i am all good mate yeah can't complain uh if i did no one listen anyway so what's the point <laughs> how's things are you all good I'm all good, mate. Things um, in San Diego, big change. Since yeah, last things have changed. No You've, longer uh, in Seattle. I'm down no? in California, sunny San Diego. Out of the rainy, the rainy city, back down to the, back down to the coast. You're basically Mexican now, then. So is that Mexican. right? Or? Yeah, no, you're. It's um, I live about ten minutes from the border, so. Whoa. It's uh, yeah, pretty Mexicano. <laughs> Obviously, with Maxi as well. I'm sure she's enjoying it and being nearer to the Spanish. Yeah, speaking she's end of the country as well. fluent speaking so she can oh, go wicked. shopping and speak in her native language so decent 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 that's good um yeah thanks for asking yeah no i've been really well mate um so <laughs> hello 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 sorry for you i lost you there for a second mate you froze um yeah cool well like i say um if you're happy to it let's get straight into it i mean we've it's, like I said, it's been a long time since we've done the pod. Um, lots have happened uh, with Arsenal. Um, some things that you probably maybe wouldn't have expected in terms of um, still having the same manager at times, because uh, I think definitely over that period of time, uh, we've gone through quite a lot of transitions. And, um, you know, I think, you know, we're at a, an interesting point um, at the minute. Um, probably the best thing to do is we haven't covered a lot over that period of time. Obviously, this is kind of a post-COVID area now. So, um, you know, we, we're kind of the club and the football and everything really is progressing to a different area, which is great news. Um, but it does leave us in a bit of a kind of still, I suppose, in a bit of an uncertain time. What are your thoughts probably just generally, mate, on, say, the last kind of, well, I don't know, 12 months? I know it's quite general to ask you to put it into a sentence, but is there any kind of main takeaways for you that, um, you know, has been quite quite, quite big? Um, I don't know, man. I I wanted Arteta out, obviously, the last time we were speaking. And um, yeah. for me, again, I don't, not much has changed. I'm still looking at the table. We're 10th in the table. We're lower than Everton. We're lower than Tottenham. We're lower than fucking West Ham in Brighton. So, um, but you look at, again, the, the past few results, we haven't lost in a while. So, things no. may be changing. Those transfers that have come in, I'm happy with. Um, I still think there could have been a couple more additions that would have helped the team out a little bit more. But you're looking at, I don't know, man, if you want to go straight into talking about the transfer side of things, but Aaron Ramsdale has been a breath of fresh air. Um, Tom Ayasu's coming in and he's doing a a job that seems to be not in his comfort zone, but he's doing a good job playing there. And um, yeah, I'm happy with the transfers at the moment. We've just got to start moving up the table. Definitely. Definitely. I, I, I agree. 
Um, I think it's interesting with the transfers. Um, I think at the time uh, when the we had the window, um, I think our focus as a club was definitely obviously to strengthen where we could. Um, but it was, you know, can we get rid of that Deadwood? Can we thin down the squad? I think the club and Arteta at the time really focused their energy on 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 getting rid um, or getting out some of the the players that had big, big money, big wages, um, and basically trying to give us an opportunity to get those players in that we needed as well. I agree. I think we were probably maybe one short of where we needed to be. The difficulty is, is that we were with kind of pitching in a in, in a tight in an area of the market which isn't at the very top because we can't we can't track that kind of top on player because we haven't got the. European football and got that that kind of carrot um, dangling, whereas we did before. Um, we can still offer good money, but I don't think we've got the pulling power of obviously Chelsea, City, um, and Man United. Even you know, I know they're having their issues now, but in the summer they look pretty. You know, they've, they've signed some big names, so um, you know we're kind of we're in that kind of middle space really. Um, so I think we probably did as good as we could with the demographic we're trying to shoot for that kind of under 23s policy um and you know uh, and everything that kind of comes with it so um yeah, i still i still think we're i still think we've got work to do on the ins and the outs still think we, need to, we still need to get rid of a few more players in 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 the next window but you can't expect them to get rid of everybody in that in that window with covid you know it does make the the market a yeah, bit, you look a bit at the, volatile um, so there was a like you look at the squad that played last night against leeds you're looking at what 80% of them were players we're trying to get rid of. Leno, yeah, unbelievable, really. Like, there's only two players that started that game that I think start every week, and that was White and Smith Rowe. Mm. Other than yeah. that, they're, yeah, they're no. players that aren't either good enough or deemed good enough to play for Arsenal. Um, we had players playing last night that I think are just. I don't know. They're yet to prove themselves, and there's a big one there that I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a little bit, and he he seems to be a bit of an Arsenal legend already. But Martinelli, I just don't think he's good enough to play for Arsenal. I think he's living off that goal he scored against Chelsea, and since then he's done zip. He's done nothing. And um, last night he was in. The, he wasn't good enough. I don't think. Yeah, I think Martinelli is an interesting one because. Obviously, he's had his injury issues, and I think that has obviously for this season he was out for you know for out at the beginning of the season he was at the World Cup, um, that, sorry the Olympics, sorry, and he was um, you know he he, he was all successful. They came back late, got injured. I don't really think he's had an opportunity really to to kind of get back to the form he, he showed you know eighteen months ago. Um, I wouldn't say I wouldn't be throwing the towel in on Martelli just yet, but I do think that either it's a positional thing where he's not playing him in the in the centre, where I think he's probably the best, is better, better area and better position in the team, is that centre forward role rather than being on the wings. He's very good because he's very quick, can still do a job there. I, I just, I, I just feel that he probably is better in the middle, um, and he's not well, really, the, in the pecking just, order. He's not. Is just playing in the League Cup going to be enough then, like to for us to see the best of him? Well, I think for now, I think that's that's all he can do. I think he just has to keep playing. At the minute, Aubameyang's playing very well, scoring goals, on fire, doing really what he should be doing in terms of the captain and you know the lead striker. And Lacazette's playing quite a good support role as well at the minute. So I, I think Martinelli's going to struggle um, unless there's and a I change think, there, injury would, or whatever. I'd even I'd put Eddie in front of him as well. 
Yeah, I don't know about him, mate. I, I, again, I know he had a good game last night. He scored a goal, obviously, and I'm, I'm. I think he scored seven I'm goals more, in eight. I'm games, more concerned. Is it seven goals in eight games? I think they're all yeah. up, but. Yeah, I mean, this is it. You you you've got to look. The difficulty is you can only he can only play what's in front of him. He can only score the goals against teams he's picked for. Mm. I just feel that whenever he's had his opportunity to make a claim for the first team, whether it's through injury, whatever, he's never really stepped up and gone. That's you know, this is my time now. I'm going to take the game by the scruff of the neck. I'm going to be the Arsenal number nine. I you know I want to do all that. I think he has not had. I don't think he's got it at that elite level. Not really by any stretch, mate. We're we're able to even get it right, but in terms of where we want to be, and in terms of getting there, Marcelo is not the answer. Uh, sorry, uh, Enketi is not the answer. I don't think. So I think he's someone that will go. I personally think just around this transfers thing. Um, I think he's someone that I think that we'll either we'll try and sell as we did try and sell him in the summer. We could get the money right with Palace. I think he'll probably. It wouldn't surprise if he goes on loan in January with a view to a permanent somewhere. Um, you know, like, like a lot well. of these I think, players, I think we should look to yeah, Martinelli. Martinelli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's again, he's got that attraction. He's young. He's Brazilian. He's he's done well, but yeah. like, he's not going to get in this Arsenal team with Lacazette, Aubameyang. We got what well, Odegaard, Smith Rowe, Saka. All these attacking players that are coming in, and at the moment, bossing it. I just don't think there's he's, there's game time for him. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I think a good loan move. To another Premier League team, yeah. Um, you know, we're another mid-table. You know, another. Ironically, a team around us, someone yeah, like an Everton be. or I don't know, you know, or a Palace or someone. You know, someone who's got who, who where he's going to play pretty much all the games. He'll get that, that exposure to the Premier League. You know, I, I know he's played for Arsenal in the Premier League, but to play, you know, we're him to play thirty games yeah. and you know have a full season. You know, um, and. You know, I think I think he'll come good. Personally, I think he'll come good. If he will be a big influence and that we expect him to be maybe at the club, time will tell. But I think in terms of him as a squad player, I think he's a solid squad player. Um, so, yeah. Um, okay. Um, any more on transfers, mate? You think any questions or... Sorry, I know you mentioned about Ramsdale. I think yeah, I think, we've got, an I think we have revelation. to Ramsdale because yeah, yeah. the situation with our goalkeeper has been pretty horrendous. Fucking since, yeah, it was a, since it, layman. <laughs> like it's been, it hasn't been great. Yeah. And um yeah. I think Ramsdale coming in has been a bit of a breath of fresh air. Um he's young, he looks energetic and he has that bit about him. And I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's like Chesney, where he seems to be a bit of like an Arsenal lad. I know he's not an Arsenal mm. lad, I know he's not, but when we scored, I think it was that late goal against was it Palace, Lacazette, and he runs yeah. the whole length of the field just to go and celebrate with him. Yeah. Like, that's that's Arsenal, man. Like that that's celebrating together and having that about you. And um, for me, seeing that as a fan, that's everything you want to see. And also these clean sheets and wins, it's, it's, it's good to see. So I'm glad Ramsdale's come in and put in the performances that he has been because, again, we spoke about it previously, I think, when we're buying a goalkeeper from a relegated team, mm. it, it doesn't look good. And he's been relegated, what, three or four times? Yeah, I think he was relegated the last. Yeah, he was relegated in the last two clubs, in the West Brom, Sheffield United. But uh, he, for me, he's like you say, he's come in absolute breath of fresh air. Um, you know, the, the amount of stick he got from the Arsenal fans before he'd even signed for the club. You know, and, and we're quite renowned for having that kind of cult. You know, for the wrong reasons, I think on social media. You know, we've got this this kind of um, very visceral reactions to things on, on social media it's either the best thing in the world or it's the worst thing in the world there's no like common sense middle ground it's going to be with Arsenal fans on, on social media but um, you know and he copped a lot for no reason you know, you know 
all he'd done is he just signed for a massive club, dream move. You know, we're not even given the opportunities. It, you, know, you forget he was in the England squad. He was, you know, he was around these top players. It's not like he was, he's been playing in the league too and we just plucked him. We expect him to come in. He's used to playing in the Premier League. He's used to being, you know, um, uh, someone who starts every week. So, um, I, I've got, I've, so when he came in and you could see straight away the way he commanded, his communication, this is, you know, and Arteta as much as sometimes Arteta is a bit of a soundbite in the way that he, he talks and some of the stuff he says. But when he spoke about Ramsdale, he kept talking about his character, his personality and the type of person he wanted. You know, you kind of think, oh, okay, he said that about a lot of players. But actually, in fact, when it comes to Ramsdale, you can see like the way that he acts on the pitch. He's always, you know, he's having, he's having you know, he's not afraid to give the top players a bollocking, you know, like Partey in the week uh, in um, against um, Palace. The amount of times he gave the ball away, the amount of, you know, and, and or not not closing down and they're getting a shot off and he's having to, you know, he's straight away on them. He doesn't, doesn't let him have any room to breathe with it. So um, he's exactly what we need in the team, you know, and uh, I have I think with him, obviously Gabriel, um, Ben White, uh, uh, Tommy Asu all coming in. Now we've got a fresh back five, yeah, um, you know, so... Yeah, so and the I say the average age as well. So it's it's one for the future, but uh, you know what your football's like, mate. There isn't. <laughs> it's all it's all been a good plan for the future, but if you don't take care of now, there isn't going to be one. Yeah. So um, you know you've got to you've got to have that balance. So um, yeah. So in terms of transfers, what would you say just in summary with the transfers and of, of where we are there and you know where we are obviously now? Do you think we're in a stronger position now than we were when we last spoke? In terms of the squad, yeah. in terms of that, yeah, I think there's been. You think we had a good window? I don't know if I'd say we had a good window, but I'd say the team's definitely bonding better now. We're we've got we've got these players like Ramsdale coming in and commanding a bit more. Um, again, I think Party feels like a bit of a new signing, even though mm, yeah, I agree, he, he's not, but he feels like one now because he's starting to play a little bit more. Um, Smith Rowe again, giving him that number ten shirt and then coming in, he feels like a new signing. Unreal, um, that guy. Yeah, he's been unreal. fantastic. Unreal. Odegaard, just doing the damn thing. On the full-time basis, Odegaard, again, love it. Love not Odegaard. sold on him. I'm no. not going to lie to you. No. <laughs> Do you know what? Yeah, I, I, I just I love think, that sort of play. Like, I'm obsessed with Ms. Ozil, and no one likes yeah, him. No, he I, is I love that creative he... midfielder that can find the, the gaps and the vision. And that's Arsenal has to have one of them. We've always had one player like that, and we, we've got to have one of them. I agree. I, I think I think I love what he's about in terms of what you're talking about, the style of play. We absolutely need someone who's going to pick up the ball in that kind of pocket, in that 10, turn, quick turn, get the lads in behind, put those silky passes through. It just worries me. He worries me at times in terms of how he goes in and out of games. Like against Palace, for instance. Uh, was it Palace? Yeah, it was Palace. Um, no, it wasn't. Who did play? But he was pretty redundant. Uh, I think it was Palace. Anyway, it was a game in the last couple of games where um, I felt that we just got bullied out of it. it. Might have been Brighton. It might have been Brighton. I think it was Brighton. And where we're in a situation where we need him to be at that focal point in the middle, get on the ball, Harry, you know, harass like he did against Spurs. Incredible performance against Spurs. He plays like that every week, mate. He's worth the thirty million, thirty-five million pound that we pay for him. If he plays where he's turning up and he's He's cute in moments, and when he's when he gets the ball feed, fed to him, and he's you know he's he's he's, he's quick and he's um, uh, smooth in terms of his play. I just it worries me that his 
it doesn't have or doesn't seem to have that bite doesn't seem to have that kind of that 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 bite you're going to need that's that kind of steel that you're going to need in the Premier League week in week out to be a top top player uh, maybe you're wrong maybe it's just you know he's having a he's having a bit of a you know a dodgy couple of games and that happens or what have you but I just think we've seen the potential with him against the Spurs you know with the Spurs game and things like that and I just think Christ if we can replicate that form consistently over the season we've got ourselves a fucking player but if he's missing more times than he's he's, he's turning up I think he turns he, he then turns into another you know smart cute player that we've got but does he really do what we need him to do so for me jury's still out if he's going to be the guy that's going to you know, give us 15, 20, 25 assists this season and chip him with a couple of goals. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. It comes down to how how he, how, many, how much he plays, if Arteta plays him all the time, the style of play that we're going to have, you know, just play Smith-Rowe. The, you know, there's so many different like, factors to it. But uh, I do like Odegaard, but I still don't know if he's the guy. Okay, then on that, I'll say for you, who's your signing of the season so far? One word, one name. Smith Rowe. Now, <laughs> the reason why I say that, obviously, he signed a new deal, everything like that. I think I, there is obviously other candidates in terms of the players that we genuinely brought in. Tommy Asu, I think, was a great signing, come out of nowhere, really. I know Spurs are in for him. They've gone for that Emerson Royale. Looks like a bit of a, looks like they dropped the ball on that one, really. They should have probably come with Tommy Asu. Um, I think he's a great player, um, solid. Like, he's one of the interesting, it's like for me in that situation, I didn't know we needed him until we, until we had him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I didn't really know we needed a right back that badly, and he turns up you're like, oh, that's what a right back does. You know, he's like he the opposite. Right of what... Well, this is it. But he's so <laughs> versatile, isn't he? But yeah. it's because he's so versatile. So, um, no, I really like him. Obviously, Ramsdale we spoke about, um, but I just think the, the, us us keeping Smith Rowe um, and signing yeah, you know and signing down to a long term. Make if I, I don't, I think you know, I know Villa were putting in, you know, they were coming in making joke bids and everything like that during the summer. But I, I if, if we weren't as strong as we were and weren't as and weren't as with our conviction of, of re signing him, fucking who knows, mate? We're Arsenal, you know, we, we drop the ball all the time in that type yeah. of thing. So I think keeping Smith Rowe with the way he started this season, um, and I think the way that he's, you know, he has been, regardless of the games, he's always been the guy that he's played well against Brian. We were shocking as a team. But he still played well. Palace the other night. He's just such a baller. Um, and, you know, I think for me, he's the guy that he was the most important signing okay. slash re signing. So you're going with Smith Rowe on that. And then we'll flip yeah. it now. Who you? would you say is the most unimpressive signing so far? Hmm. I'm still not sure about Ben White. I love him. I love it. I, I, no, no, no. <laughs> Calm down, mate. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I think he is. He's a Rolls Royce defender. Like the other night, absolutely spreading a ball left and right. Quality. You can see he's got quality, mate. I just think, again, I just think, is he going to be consistent? 30 games a season, your guy. I just... Uh, and I know Gabriel went through the same thing. He's looking a million dollars in here this season now. He looks like he's, you know, he's kind of turned the corner and he's kind of not had those those shaky games. It's difficult to really judge him because he's not played an awful lot for us. And when he has done, he played in those first three games where we got Tonkin. So it's it's really difficult to judge. But 
Um, you know, I, I think out of, if I had a rate of all the, if I if you were to say to me like who was the fifty man, fifty million pound player or what have you, you know, who knows? Um, so it, it's um, for me, it's, man. Yeah, I, it's, it's, for me, it's that the Congo Sandy. I just don't think he's been anything that we've needed. It's difficult. I would have said I was going to say him. Yeah, I was going to say him, but I just think he's a very young player. He's a very young yeah. player. I don't think I don't think he's got. I don't think we can judge him on the same level that we judge Ben White. Ben White's playing in the Premier League. He's had loan moves. He's he's, a, he's an established Premier League player. He knows what he's getting into when he comes to Arsenal. I think with well, Lacombe, he gets a bit of a pass. I agree with you saying though. I think he came in with a lot of hype, and we probably thought he was going to come in and he was going to be this kind of like mini Pogba and you know and start pulling strings and things like that. So um, you know, I, I think I think he's a he's a player for the future. But I agree, he's probably not hit the ground running in the way that we've already got a life. Cool. So we'll box off the transfers. I think that was nice. We, we touched on a few bits there, which is quite good. Um, obviously, let's like say we haven't really had an opportunity to kind of express our thoughts on that. So I know, you know, people listening to this have probably been like, hey man, for sure this would happen 12 months ago. So, um, but again, we're, we're playing catch up. So uh, yeah, just bear, bear with us um, on that factor. Um, okay, so we spoke about the players. What is your thoughts on, I know we touched on the Arteta thing, in terms of kind of moving forward, in terms of the direction we've had, as you mentioned, we've had a fantastic run at the minute. We haven't lost we've that kind of absolute debacle with Man City, um, you know, the absolute meltdown, melt, melt, meltdown of our football club um, that happened at the Etihad. Um, but we've bounced back. You know, you've got to hand it to Arteta to a point, hand it to the players, you know, those two games after that were absolutely crucial to his future and a lot of those players' future as well, I think, because it was it was looking pretty dicey. At, it was looking pretty dicey at times. Um, so um, I think we've kind of pulled through that. Here's a question for you then on the basis of that. Are you happy with where we are in terms of the system maybe Arteta's playing? Are you... Is actually, sorry, I'll wear it a bit better than that. Are you happy with Arteta's philosophy? And B, question to that, do you know what his philosophy is? <laughs> because there's <laughs> times where I watch this and I think, what are we doing? Are we a pressing team? Are we a counter-attacking team? Do we, you know, are, do we go on the are, are we playing up to our strengths yeah. on the wings, trying to play it through the middle? Have we got two in the hole? Have we got an eight? It, it, I don't sometimes think, I don't think I can answer that question <laughs> i don't think it's possible yeah. um come on mate you're a football coach <laughs> no that's what i'm saying I, I think... even you can't work him out <laughs> <laughs> i can't um i think that right, okay the way we played against aston villa and the way we started was incredible that was yeah. arsenal that was how we should be going we should be flying out the cannon we should be setting games st- like <laughs> we should be setting the standard every single time we play do yeah. we do that every game no does arteta prep the players to play like that every game i think so but are the players in full support of playing like that every single game i don't think so Um, okay and why do you say that i still think there's a bit of frustration between manager and captain and personalities in the team abamyang's coming to form now and is playing and scoring goals but i still don't think there's that sort of um do you think there's a buy-in? Do you think there's a buy-in from all the players in no. the squad? Do you think they're all on board with it? No. And they all think this is, he's the guy. Do you think this is the, they're all just running for him? And you know, yeah, I don't, you don't, I, I don't think, think that. I don't think, think he's... That. I don't think that they're, they're, they're playing for Arteta. 
You think that they're, they're just? You I think, think they're, they're players, still a bit I think, confused. Can, I think they can perform when when they want. Of course, they can step on. Yeah. They can do that. But yeah, is Lacazette really playing for Arteta, or is Lacazette potentially playing the way he is because he wants to leave? We'll never know. That's the problem yeah. with that situation. We'll you never know, know, but players running down his contract. Yeah, I don't think they're playing for Arteta. I think it's more of a maybe the fans, man, because our fans this this season have been incredible. Um, there's yeah. been lots of support. I know we're sort of now like get behind Arteta rather than chasing Arteta out. And I'm mm-hmm. all for that. Like, um, I want to support Arteta and I want him to do well because obviously he's an Arsenal lad, yeah. but yeah, not at the jeopardy of my club. Yeah, well said. I, I think it's an interesting you say about the um atmosphere at home. I, I've, I've noticed and it's been quite noticeable at the ground that the uh, atmosphere with the home support Arsenal I think have as a club I think they have been pushing some quite little good initiatives you could say that it's quite you know it's not an awful lot but things like at the ground you you know you got to buy one get one free on the beers so you buy a beer you get one free I think that's obviously just creating a little bit more you know people people drink they get pissed they're more like <laughs> it's a bit, a bit looser in the stands so it's like you know it's a pretty straightforward kind of philosophy with that um, I think the, they've also amended the ticket prices slightly, so it's a bit cheaper to go into the grounds than it would do, like, especially in like lower tier. We can get tickets from like twenty eight quid up to like you know up to like forty quid. So if you say, "All right, I can go to Arsenal," you know, you live locally or whatever, even if you have to travel, instead of paying forty five, fifty quid, you know, in the upper, it's sometimes up to seventy, eighty, ninety quid for a home game. I mean, it's like that's madness, really. Just to just for a standard seat in the nosebleeds, like you know. No one really wants to pay 90 quid to watch, you know, West Brom home or whatever on a midweek game. Um, but the club are, are, are making it a bit more incentivized. So um, the average age is coming down. So that creates a bit more atmosphere in the ground. You get in the more, you know, I'd say the proper fans, but, you know, you, 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 do, you do negate the, t- the, 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 the tourists and um, you get the proper fans back in. That creates a better atmosphere. The fact that we've obviously been starved of football in terms of the fans with COVID, these, all, all these things for me have created a better atmosphere in the ground and naturally the performances have been better as well. So that's always going to get more bums on seats. But um, yeah, I agree. I think there has been a positive, more positive atmosphere at home um, and that transmits to the players. And I think there's definitely an element of the players wanting to play for the fans and play for themselves, you know, and you know, that we have obviously, I think we've got a good group of lads. I don't look at that group at the minute. Like I say, I still think there's work we've done there, but I don't look at that group and think, God, we've got some real bad apples in there. We need to get a shot of them. I think, you know, there's good atmosphere between lads. I think they genuinely are together. We see when we score a goal, yeah. you know, they're genuinely happy for each other. I mean, look, last night, Calvin Chambers comes on. You know, I think it was a bit of a joke. The reason why they all like, pissed themselves on the sideline is because he, when he went up to, to um, obviously come on the pitch, he was like, dude, he went on the sideline to go on. And the, the lads were like, mate, you're going to score your first touch. Don't worry. And obviously he came on, <laughs> runs straight on from the corner, scores with his first touch. That's why he runs straight back to Lacazette and like they're obviously embracing because he said to him, Go on, Callum, you're gonna score your first touch. And he fucking did, didn't he? Um, so I, I do think there's good atmosphere there. Do I think it's that atmosphere is in spite of what Arteta does? Or do I think that he is the reason why it's that atmosphere? You know, he's got an influence, you know, he's he's obviously doing an element of it right. But do I think they're absolutely fine for him on all corners and do I think that he's you know if he got the sack tomorrow that that squad will fall apart I don't think so um but you've got to give him the time you know I think at this point we've got to give him the time spent the money you know we, we've he's this is the biggest shift of any window in terms of 
he can't now turn around and go, oh, this isn't, this isn't my team. This is an Emery team. This is a Wenger team. You know, he's got no real, he's got no excuse now. I think he, he knows that as well. That's why the pressure's always big. Um, so I think we're in a, we're in a, it's still in that transition period. I hate that word as well. It just sounds like a cop-out. It's like we're in a transition. How long does transition go on for? A year, two years, like five years, United, ten years? But, They've been in that transition yeah. process since Fergie's gone. And... Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think we're, we're finding our way through it. But I'm personally, with Arteta, I wouldn't say I'm overly happy. Because I still think that we we do, as a team, you know, like that Brighton game, it was just it was just a bit of a meh game. You know, we didn't do anything really, and we were lucky to get away with the, the, the point that we got. So you know, I, I think that you are going to get games. I suppose you could just put that down to an isolated incident, but I think you are going to get games. Um, there's more often than not than you know we need to turn up. So um, I, for now, I'm content. I'm content with Arteta, um, but has to keep bringing those results in and you can't argue with the results up to now from the Man City game you know a good, good result again last night we're into the quarterfinals of, of, of the cup it's a cup that to be honest we haven't we haven't won for an awful long time so you know would it be nice to get and realistically is it something that probably one of the serious serious contenders of, of silverware for us this season so you know with us getting back into Europe I think that would if we won the League Cup and got back into the Europe I think that's probably a successful season um, so, yeah, we've still got a lot of ways to go on that. But, yeah, I don't know if you've got any final thoughts on kind of Arteta generally and um, kind of where we are up to now. No, mate, to be honest, I think it is what it is with Mikel Arteta at the moment. Again, we've spoke about it, but um, yeah. we have to see out the rest of this season, see what these new players can do. But yeah, European football is a must, right? So, Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Cool. All right. That was a nice little... Uh, I think we've had a nice like, good opener there and, and a good chat about a few things, kind of put the world to rights a little bit on that and uh, hopefully we've got some clarity as to um, our thoughts. Um, okay, so moving on a little bit, um, I think it's interesting to talk about, obviously this is an Arsenal podcast, you know, we're you know, absolutely unashamedly, definitely all Arsenal, um, but I think it is interesting and there is a lot of correlations between, you know, what's going on other clubs in a minute in the Premier League um, and in the football world in general. And I think it'd be nice to maybe just touch on a few things that, um, you know, kind of hot topics, kind of, you know, current events that are going on in the minute. Um, I've got a couple written down here, mate, that will be interesting to get your thoughts on. First of all, um, Newcastle. Um, obviously, um, quite a, you know, a massive English club, a club that's, you know, the classic quote-unquote sleepy giant, definitely one of those clubs. You know, it's a, it's a club that we've been to on numerous occasions to watch the Arsenal play. Um Never, never happy about walking up those stairs, mate. Though, because pretty sure I had a heart attack at the top of one of them last time. So it's a long old way, um, especially when you get a boring nil-nil draw um, <laughs> and it's pissing it down, and you got to walk all the way back down again. So uh, yeah, no, we've had some certainly some good experiences there, but also uh, actually in terms of the actual fixtures, not so great. Uh, but yeah, what are your thoughts on obviously the takeover? Um, you know, the um, uh, Saudi Arabian. They're, they're saying it's not the royal family, but it is the royal family um, <laughs> who basically just bought Newcastle United for just over £300 million. Um, what are your thoughts just in general about that one, mate? And how do you think that impacts, um, you know, potentially Arsenal's kind of status in the, in, status in the, in the league? Because, you know, we're quote-unquote big six, not anymore, but in terms of the financial side of it, we definitely are. With someone at Newcastle now with the money they've got, I mean, that pushes teams like us and Spurs probably out of that picture. No, yeah. Um, I think I'll start by saying I love Newcastle. 
I do love Newcastle. I love the place. I love the people. Um, I think the yeah. football team has been great in throughout history. Um, Alan Shearer days was always one of those players I'd look forward to watching match of the day. And just, yeah, the whole fan base, the way they travel, um, they're passionate. They're, yeah. Their shirts off, right? Big fat Geordie boys with tattoos across their stomachs. It's it's everything football should be. And, proper club, um, yeah, proper club. Yeah, proper football club. So I love that side of things. Um, I think the the buy and who bought it is probably the wrong sort of people to take over that club. I think if you ask any Newcastle fan, while Mike Ashley was there, it didn't have to be like a Man City takeover. That didn't have to happen. It could have been just an average guy come in, just buy the club, anyone just to get it off of Mike Ashley. And they would have been happy with that. Mm. Um, the fact yeah. that it's sort of this whole Man City dream takeover by, I think um, Newcastle fans are getting a little bit carried away with it. And they're talking about the signing Mbappe and Haaland and all these dreams. That's not going to happen. That They're not going to go. Um, Newcastle has history, but they don't have history because they win trophies. It's that's not the dream move for these players. I think if these players have anything about them, they'll go to teams that win trophies. Um, I don't think that's going to happen at Newcastle just yet, but it's not the takeover. I think the league, the team or the rest of the league even want to see. I don't think as a football fan, I wasn't happy with Man City and what they've done to the league and how, how the league now looks. So to have two teams like that, potentially in the league. It's not what I want to see, but this, this could propel Newcastle in the right direction and get them back to what they used to be in the nineties. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah. I think, I think I personally think it's, I agree in terms of the type of takeover, the people involved. I kind of think it's all, I personally think it is what it is now. This is this is Premier League. Yeah, it's money football into football. Days, yeah. It's money into football, and it just gets waved off. So I, I, th- I think you know, for me, it's pretty hard now to turn around and go, "Well, this isn't right." You know, we shouldn't have a you know a, a, a Middle East state owning a football club. Well, we've got a Russian well, compare, billionaire. Compare it to us, then. Compare it to us. You then. Would would you take that transfer? Would would you be happy with that takeover? Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. We need uh, a takeover as a right, football but... fan. But you're looking at these Saudis and their well, as a human from a human rights and like a moral moral standpoint, it's a it's it's a difficult one because again, you know who it's who's got the who's the worst guy, who's the worst guy because you got you got a, a Russian you know uh, oligarch who um, has definitely definitely got links with people that he shouldn't do in in, in Russia um, you know where his money comes from who knows um, so you know is it's okay for to have the the dodgy Russian mafioso but it's a it's but it's not okay to have the Saudi back um, uh, yeah, you know well, uh, happened, state to be honest it's happened at Chelsea it's at Man City it's now going to happen at Newcastle it's exactly it's exactly. So, more and more right? I, yeah, so I, I think it's money into football. It's it's not going to be stopped because the amount of money that's, that 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 they talk about invested. I think it would be positive for Newcastle as a city. You know, not only will the club thrive in terms of you know um, the infrastructure of the club. I think you know look at they'll probably you know they're going to improve the training ground. Look at what Man City have done. Yeah. In fairness to them, you know they've the absolutely just yeah incredible. So um, they still can't get anyone in the ground, but I mean in terms of the actual <laughs> kind of 
infrastructure is pretty amazing. Um, so in terms of community, so I think for Newcastle, it'll be amazing. I think great club, absolutely deserve to, to be back day, mate, in that top conversation. Question, do the fans care where that money comes from? Not they a clue. Give like I said, you mate. Do they? They, don't they don't care. They don't care because, uh, you know, it, every single club, every single fan is waiting for that golden ticket. Uh, absolutely. That is their Willy Wonka, mate. And they've absolutely got the golden ticket. And, and good luck to them. You know, I, I think... I think, you know, if it, it could have happened to a better club in that respect. Yeah, in the Premier League, um, I don't think there's another the club I would have liked to pick other than Arsenal. Yeah, <laughs> so. of course. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, and, and interesting, actually, you talk about that. And we'll, we'll briefly touch on this because, again, we haven't spoke about this. We have an opportunity to speak about it. Um, you know, we had our, I suppose, we had our very own uh, takeover bid. Should we call it that? I wouldn't even call it that. I'd take it as a Rumors. takeover inquiry. Yeah. So, you know, they said, are you interested if we give you X and the... Cronkies apparently turned around and said, no, you're right, mate. Keep the money. We're not going anywhere. So, um, But what are your thoughts on the, the Daniel Ek um, kind of rumoured takeover, the attempts, the non-attempts, the kind of weird kind of backing of, you know, oh, we've got Patrick Vieira, Thierry Henry, Dennis Burke, and all these legends yeah, backing him. But, just, I, just, yeah. I just think it's bollocks. Exactly. Mate, he was like, at the game, wasn't he? He was at the game with Henry the other week. And it was well, all I a bit kind of like... who takes over strange. Arsenal. I just don't want Cronkies there. It, it can, again, sort yeah. of like the same situation with the Newcastle. I, I don't care who it is because they're not like this Daniel Eck. What has he ever done it before? Has he ever run a football club before? Of course, none of them have. That's no, the point, isn't but, it? I promise. So no. is he, but what he's trying to do is convince the fans oh, I'm going to get Tua Yomi on board or Patrick Vieira, Dennis Burkham over. I'm going to get all these guys back because I'm a fan and this is what the fans want and that's going to put us in the right direction. I don't think that is. I don't think Patrick Vieira or Terry on me I don't think they're better than what we have. Are they going to be the right guy? Yes, as a fan, I want them around the club. Do yeah. I want them in the hot seats that are going to drive the club forward? No way. Not proven. I don't yeah. even, like, I, really, to be honest, I, I'm not, I, I don't want Mikel Arteta there. I want someone else that's been proven that's going to win yeah. his trophies. Yeah. It's interesting. So, and again, I don't know, we kind of keep going back to Arteta, but it's obvious because he's the manager and we're not overly happy with it. Um, Someone said to me the other day when I was chatting about chatting football, chatting about Arsenal, he said, you've got a really good team. You just need a good manager. <laughs> like, you just need a proper manager. And he's right. Like, we, we, we just need a proper football manager, not a guy who's it's his first job in football. He's working it out on the job. He's been given, and this is the thing, and this is the the change for the sum, that from where we were 18 months ago, where we discussed Arteta then. He's gone out and he's spent nearly £200 million and that is the big difference because now he's got no excuse. Because if they turn and say, We didn't back you, well, we gave you 200 million pounds to spend in the window. So we've done it, we bought the players you wanted, they're all your players. There's none of this, you know, like with the Tommy Asu deal, apparently he was, he was the guy, he was the one that said, No, I want him. I absolutely want him. And they went and got him. When we talk about it, in, like generally, we go back to Newcastle again. That's something Newcastle never had. They never had the support no. from the manager to buy. So the manager no. never had a chance. Never had the money. Yeah, never Steve, had the money. Steve Bruce never had the, the chance. You, you could list all the coaches off that never had a chance, but they they tried. They did their best, and Newcastle gone up and down as a result of it. So, yeah, no, I think I think the impact of Newcastle all this money coming in, I think it does. You know, it's a shot on the arm for a team like us and for a team like Spurs, who are in that kind of conversation of being a top six club. Are we a top six club in terms of we are in terms of the financial power, not on the football side of things at the minute? Um, but you know, it will just make us 
getting into back into that European spot an awful lot harder because okay, Newcastle isn't going to be an overnight. It's not going to be an overnight turnaround. It could be two, three, four, five years before they get to where they need to be. Look at Man City, really. So Man City three, four years to really even be in the conversation of a title title race. So um, I think they've still got and a ways to go. Another, but... another name that pops up that I think did it perfectly, did it the right way, managed the club fantastically. Again, foreign money, Leicester. They, mm. He came in, um, again, disaster what happened with the helicopter crash at the stadium and everything. But the way he's run that club and his family run the club, is, is amazing. They, he's, he's won the Premier League yeah. with him. They're now, you're talking about top six club. They're battling around. They're currently ninth in the Premier League, but they they have power. They have, they get results, right? Um, yeah, definitely. They got, they got convert- a style of play. They got a good manager. They got, yeah. they got all the fundamentals the in place ground. to be successful. The, the training successful. ground looks like a spaceship as well now. So like they've, yeah. they've done their due diligence. They've done all the right things and Leicester's a Premier League club now. And I can remember I can remember going to Leicester to watch Yeovil play. Yeah. So the mighty mighty Glovers. Yeah, and look at them now. It's it's a that's ownership, right? That's how it should be done. Of course. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think time will tell. Time will tell whether the Newcastle kind of project will be a success. Time will tell to see if someone like Daniel Deck really does get an opportunity to move, um, to to kind of move in and take over Arsenal. He said he's here for a long haul. I think he's got to be ready for a long wait, my friend, because <laughs> I don't think I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. So, um, yeah, interesting. Okay, um, a couple of other things I've jotted down in terms of kind of this week, and I suppose you can't the 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 news this week in terms of what's coming out of Manchester, the result on Sunday. I, I mean, I I can't remember the last time I saw a game like that. A way that a couple of things, I suppose, the way that Man United in terms well, of the squad played. It was when fucking Man United smashed us eight two. Yeah, good point. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that was that was pretty much it was a similar type of thing, just capitulation. You just saw basically a team who just gave up on the yeah. on the pitch. I mean, which is exactly what happened to us. We just gave up, um, and um, I think you know it, it it was a quite a it was quite a, a stark um, stark kind of reminder, really. That I mean. Liverpool and United, they're absolutely worlds apart in terms of where they are as clubs now and teams. Um, you know, I think that, and also for me as an individual shout out, again, don't like to talk about him too much, but I mean, Mo Salah, I mean, he is what, the best player in the world at the minute? Yeah. Name me a, name me a player who's better than him at the minute, who's scoring more goals, who's influencing games more. You know, as, as sad as it is to say, and I don't like to big up too many other players, but, you know, you watch him on the weekend and he's just... Phenomenal. He, he's, he's got... He's breathtaking. Uh, he? He's in yeah. that form and it's hit him at the perfect time, hasn't it? He's talking about another, a new contract with Liverpool. Like, how can they not oh, give mate. him whatever he wants? Oh, he has how got... He, he literally just blank check. Blank yeah. check for that guy. Um, you know, absolutely. But yeah, what a player. Um, and I think he's... I think... If you just looked at it right now, if you look at the you look at the league right now, you look at the teams that are involved in that race. Man City's result against Brighton on the weekend just pants down. Foden, absolutely fantastic. Greenish, you know they've got a proper side there. You know um, Chelsea again, just absolutely. I mean, just sending Norwich down the shops. I mean, what is Heavy the point of that mate. team at the minute? Norwich. Oh my God. I mean, seven nil. I mean, I know you'd expect them to win at home comfortably. But to put seven past, you know, any Premier League team is still a hell of a result. So, um, you know, they're they're the three. Obviously, they're out and ahead. I think at the minute, um, I don't really see 
anyone else really catching up. We're in that kind of Arsenal, probably in that like third cluster of teams, like, you know, with like West Ham and not even, well, we're probably clinging on to West Ham, but yeah, you know, we're in that kind of cluster with Spurs and Everton and Leicester and we're in that kind of cluster. You know, we're well, not does, even in... Does... Talking about this Man United Liverpool game, how, do, how does Oli yeah. survive it? How does he survive a 5 0 drum into the biggest rivals and um, signing Jaden well, Sancho, not playing him, signing uh, Donny van der Beek, or whatever his name is, and Cristiano Ronaldo, bringing in all these players and just getting fucking walloped 5 1, 5 0? Well, I, the answer is I don't think you do. Um, I think he's very lucky because. My understanding and the kind of the reports over here is that um, they had a meeting Monday night. Um, the board had a meeting, an emergency meeting, um, and they basically um, were out of a mind that he was going to go. So he, they was, he was going to get sacked. And then apparently, uh, again, being reported quite, you know, quite a while, 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 while widely, that's what I want to call quite widely here is that um, Alex Ferguson stepped in. Oh and my God, basically, what is this? EastEnders? Well, I know you think it when you. He's on the board, isn't he? He's part of the board as well. So, um, so he has obviously not only a personal personal relationship with him, but he does have an influence. Obviously, you know, I mean, if if Sir Alex Ferguson stands up and says, you know, give him another game, they're going to give him another game. So, um, they are understanding. Well, the understanding that we've got here is that he will be in the dugout for the Spurs game on the weekend. Um, the they're oh mate yeah definitely it's the classic it's the dreaded we're backing the manager until we're not backing him yeah. and then you know he'll 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 go and so again, same thing's my, happening at tottenham same thing's happening over there down the road seven sisters road absolutely. same thing's happening there nuno's gonna get chopped. absolutely it is it is absolutely el sacco whatever you just said there um like it absolutely is it's you know the, both of those managers are in perilous waters um and I, I can't wait to see that one. That's going to be <laughs> an absolute corker. We'll see Halloween night over here as well. So uh, beers are going to be flowing and we're going to be watching that one. should be good. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, so I, I, I personally think we're going to be in a situation where if Oli doesn't win that game, I think he's curtains, really. He's got a, he's, there's got to be a reaction. Well, yeah, if, not if you're not beating Tottenham at the moment, then you're fucking dog shit, aren't you? Well, <laughs> there we go. Put it plainly. So, yeah, we, I think he's a very clear. Apparently, they've sounded out Conte as well. He's interested. He would take the job. Um, so, I mean, for, for Solskjaer, if you're sat at home and you're just reading these reports going, right, if I don't win on Saturday, basically Conte's like, you know, got his flight booked, then, you know, it's um, it's, a, it's a tough tough kick to be in, isn't it, really? Um, but, you know, you live by this or die by it. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that one goes. Um, yeah, anything else you can think of? Anything, make any pressing kind of football weekly news that, that you'd like to get your opinion on before um, we move on? Anything over there? Any MLS? I think M- it's M- worth M- mentioning. MLS I've been, I'm, a, I'm a Twitter lad. And um, yeah. seeing... A shout out, this is for the Arsenal ladies, by the way. Bethany yeah. Meads oh, yeah. getting a hat trick at Wembley for yeah, the first Bethany, time to do yeah. so. And being an Arsenal girl, congratulations mm-hmm. to her. Um, yeah. I think if you're struggling to watch Arsenal men at the moment, then you should definitely switch over and watch the women. They're currently unbeaten and they oh, are we're unreal, we? everyone, mate. We had the Tottenham lot 5 1, beat the Man City lot 5 0, beat Villa recently 4 0. So, um, yeah. It's worth getting a getting a bet on plus three goals in a handicap bet there for Arsenal ladies. I think. <laughs> <laughs> for all your betting needs. <laughs> yeah, no, to be fair, we 
Um, it's like the glory days, isn't it? You know, back in the day where Arsenal used to just turn up and they'd you know, wipe the league, wouldn't they? So, yeah. um, no, you know, well, it's good to so see. And that's, good, and that's a, that's a really competitive league. It's a really competitive league. It's good to see that, obviously, there's a lot of coverage now on Sky. You know, they're showing all the games. So, um, you know, more in the mainstream. So, no, long may it continue. And hopefully we... Um, um, you know, we we get the job done, and that and that'd be great to see us us win a us win a bit of silverware. Uh, be a nice change of pace, wouldn't it? Okay. Um, so uh, yeah, definitely. Cool. Okay, mate. Well, I think it was nice to cover a few of the bits of the subject there. Obviously, you know, not directly Arsenal, but it's good to chat about what is going on in the footballing world because it all comes back around anyway. Um, so yeah, um, interesting. I've just wanted to get your thoughts on a few things. A bit of an Arsenal weekly kind of part extension to what we just spoke about, but more on an Arsenal kind of focus. I'm interested in your thoughts on a couple of loan players that we've got out at the minute, what your thoughts are on them and, you know, their, their, their kind of current, their situations and if you think they'll ever probably play for the Arsenal again. Um, one being, and again, I, I saw the highlights of him during the week, um, on the weekend, sorry, um, of his performance against PSG and that is one William Saliba. Um, he seems to be absolutely flying in the French League. And I know it's easy to say that because it's the French League, but he has got some serious, serious players in his pocket. The minute one being Kylian Mbappe on the weekend, um, I think he was fantastic. Um, you know, why isn't this guy playing for Arsenal, mate? Um, Tell me. Give I, me a reason, I, Give me one good reason I'm, why he's not playing for the Arsenal. Again, I, I don't go out actively seeking the players that aren't playing for Arsenal. I, I'm pretty much just scrolling through Twitter and letting the Arsenal minions retweet and yeah. show me what is happening out there in the world but um yeah William Saliba popped up and I, I saw that he had a great game against PSG um to be honest I think why he isn't playing at Arsenal I don't think he wants to play for Arsenal I don't think he he wants to be there I don't think he's bought into the idea of maybe a Mikel Arteta being his coach there um he's French there is talk of a rift I don't know where this is coming from but I mean, it, I think you know, he's, he's always been labelled with that. Once he's came in, he wanted to get back on loan, didn't he? Like, he didn't, there was no... Yeah, I don't know, mate. I, I think that's just a line that the club's fed. Because whenever he's asked, he's always said, he's always, he's towed the party line. He's never really come out and said, you know, there's a problem, what have you. But these reports, you know, the reports that he's viewed as a, an Emery signing, he's not viewed as an Arteta signing, and, you know, he's not really been given a fair crack. And, um, you know, so I... I I don't know. I, I, I don't. I don't think it's like the Özil thing. We'll never really know what's yeah. gone on. Um, but I, what I do know is, is that he is what six foot four, built like a British house, only twenty one years old. And you know, I read a stat earlier on today. In comparison, so Ben White joins Newport County at the age of twenty one. <laughs> and he looks like he looks every bit of twenty one as well. He is not. He's a young, scrawny centre-back, and you look at William Saliba, he's playing top-flight football, he's physically where he needs to be, I think, in terms of to be able to play in the Premier League. If he's keeping players like Kylian Mbappe quiet in the French League, I think he could probably handle, you know, some of the strikers that we've got in the Premier League. Um, and, you know, a centre-back pairing of a, you know, of, of Saliba, imagine that, Saliba, a back three of Saliba, Gabriel, Ben White. I mean, Christ, I, you know, it, it sounds pretty good. Um, so, I don't know. I, I think, I just look at him and I think, Christ, you know, he would be a great, whether it's a squad player, whether it's just a player on the team, a first, you know, start at 11. We need to start getting, players like that need to start being in our environment. Like, because yeah. we keep showcasing them to all these other clubs, they get different ideas and they don't want to come back. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And, 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 and that's the, that's the, um, 
that's the viewpoint I've got in terms of, you know, when when do we just give him a shot? I know with the club wanting to play a longer period of time, uh, sorry, a longer period of games, you know, they wanted to play a full season of games and see how he matches up to it. But, you know, I think, I think you know, he's got to come back in the summer. Well, he, he beats, um, he's got, he's got, to, he's got he to play. He's got he to play. Callum Chambers and Rob Holden any day of the week, right? Yeah. So, oh Christ! So why, why hang this on to them this and have him away? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, and his uh, and, and just moving on from Saliba, um, you know, we've got his his uh, French teammate, um, Matteo Guendouzi. Um, I don't know if you pronounce it like that, but I've gone for it. Um, <laughs> with Guendouzi again, he's having a great. He's having a good season out in, in Marseille. Back in the French team. You know, back in the French national team, seems to be getting on with his work quite nicely. His situation is obviously a little bit different to Saliba in terms of how it, the contract is set up. You know, Saliba obviously is very much a, a loan deal with a you know no view. To, there's no view to any permanent fixture, whereas Guendouzi is a is a loan with an obligation to buy. So um, he will probably become a well, he's more than likely going to be a, a Marseille player. Probably will ever play for Arsenal again, even though he kind of I think when he left his when he put that post at the beginning of the season, he was kind of half leaving the door open, but I don't know. I can't really see him coming back to Arsenal. But my question to you is, do you think, I know that he's had a lot of issues and, you know, he's young and whatever. Do you think that will ultimately come back to bite us in the ass on that one? Nah. No, you don't. I think... Um, Why do you think that? I liked him. I, I liked his passion and the way he is and his funky haircut, but that was it, funky. really. I think as a player, he didn't fit the mould at Arsenal. I think when Arteta came in, he sort of wanted him out and his reactions mm. to what he did at Brighton with Mupai. Is it Mupai? Neil Mupai? Yeah, Mupai, yeah, yeah. What he did with him was sort of like the um the opportunity to get rid of him, get him gone. And but I'm not I'm not looking at Gwen Doozy as a player in five years' time. I'm gonna be thinking, fucking hell, we had him and he slipped through the net like he's gone. I don't, I don't it's like a Serge Gnabry, like no, yeah, yeah I, I don't see that happening. And, and maybe no. so that's the commentator's curse, right? It, it probably will happen. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not. Who sure knows? Who knows? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, worried. not worried about that one. I I agree. I I think Guendouzi is a, he's a good player. Um, I think he's very raw. Um, I think you can chalk some of that initial kind of petulance up to just him being young and wanting to be yeah. to go well and to you know he wanted to put it about and I, I'm here to fight for the club. I don't mind that, but if what is to believe in terms of his attitude off the pitch and his disruptions and that, you know, obviously there's a point where Altair has gone nuts enough and, and you're out. And, you know, if, if you're given that type of, you're given that type of send off, then it's pretty clear that he's not part of his plan. So, um, no, I, I don't think he's someone that in five years time, I'm going to be looking back going, wow, we've missed out on a world-class player there. So, um, but it's a shame because I think he would have done a good job for us. I think he'd be better than El Nenny. I think he'd probably be better than, you know, a few of those players in those areas, but, um, is he better than what to... we have in those positions right now? Is he better than Partey? Uh, no, I, I think no. I think no is the answer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> basically, I think a good explanation for it, but I just don't think he is. I think he's not. He's not a same. He's not similar to Partey. Partey is a bit of a Rolls Royce, um, bit of a Rolls Royce player in there at the minute. Um, I do think with Partey, though, and I'm going to go off topic a little bit. For me he does need someone next to him because at the minute and you're going to oh, hate it, me for it's this. supposed to be Sambi isn't it well yeah I, I think we're missing our friend your friend and mine Granite Xhaka I genuinely <laughs> we think we're, I can't believe those words are leaving my mouth but I genuinely think we are missing a Granite Xhaka type player Granite Xhaka whereas 
at the minute, I think we're trying to we're trying to figure it out at the minute. We're sticking Odegaard in. We've got the Congo. We've got you know, uh, you know we've, we've got those options in there. Um, I, I do think that actually they complement each other quite nicely. So, um, uh, yeah. So no, I agree. Yeah, I think anyway, it's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating to see how well Granite Jacker does. Like when, or when we when, when he's we, on it, mate. When he's on it, yeah. When we don't have class. him, maybe not work class, look, a stretch. There's gaps and everything. Like when we don't have him, there's gaps. When we do yeah. have him and he's on it, he's the best player in the team. Yeah, but then we definitely. do have him and he's not on it, and he gets a red card for silly oh, fouls. Yeah, he's a, just people down. absolute grenade. He's, yeah, he's absolute grenade. So. Yeah, no, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, cool. So there, um, that was kind of a few of the bits I had for the Arsenal weekly. Um, just good to kind of just chat a little bit about a few lads that aren't at the club, and you know, there's a couple of situations that you know that that could develop there. Um, so yeah, um, moving on, uh, kind of coming towards probably the end of the podcast now. I just want to get into um, the fixtures that we've got coming up, things that are coming up for the Arsenal. Um, obviously, as you mentioned there, we're kind of still languishing in that mid-table. We're in that weird kind of, everyone's on, there's like four teams on the same points. Um, so we're kind of like, if you technically, we're like joint seventh. So if you look at like that, brilliant. Um, but um, in terms of our league position, I think we're 10th or 11th, as you mentioned. I think we've got some fixtures coming up. Absolute winnable games. Some of the winnable games. I think one of them is definitely not a winnable game. Um, but we've got three out of these four. I'd expect, I'd expect us to go well and hopefully get all three points in. Um, obviously, our next fixture, um, this Saturday, half past five, um, Leicester City away. Um, I think that on paper is always a tough fixture. Um, you know, they're a strong team, strong at home as well. Like we mentioned as well, you know, they've got a good good manager, good philosophy, and they've got a player who scores every single time I think he plays against us in Jamie Vardy. So um, I think that is going to be a tough one. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on that one quickly. No, yeah, I think that has potential to be. Well, that's going to make the ne- the next three games, right? Like we we got yeah, to be beating yeah, teams like Leicester if yeah. we're going to move up. Um, yeah, we're tied on points, like you said, then, and a win against Leicester, and results go our way against Everton yeah. and Manchester United. Oh, yeah, you, it keeps going, mate. You can end Tottenham and Brighton. We could then um, move yeah. up into fourth. They've all, got tough, they've all got tough games, mate. You know, Spurs obviously got that game against United, big game. So, you know, it's it, absolutely these next few games um, are hugely winnable games. Um, and, you know, if we're serious about progressing positively and not just kind of what I don't want us to do is I'm, I'm worried that we're going to be this like yo-yo. You know, we're going to be going to be a classic mid-table side. We're going to win a, we're going to win a couple of games. We're going to lose a couple of games. We're going to win a couple of games. There's no kind of that kind of push of, right, we're moving on here a little bit. So um, that Leicester game, I think, could go a couple of ways. Um, yeah, so uh, prediction for that one, mate? I think, obviously, I, I want to win. I want us to do well. And again, Leicester's a team that we've got to be beating if we are to move up the table and be where we should be. But I think it's going to be close, mate. Leicester away, I've been there before. Um mm. Never easy game there, like you said, Jamie Vardy. I'm gonna go. Shit. <laughs> I'm gonna go one-one draw. Okay, that's... that's fair. To be fair, not a bad show. I think I'm gonna stay Mister Optimistic and say we're gonna nick it two-one. Yeah. I think it's gonna be a classic, scrappy. You know, we might score, they'll score, and then I think we'll nick it late on. I'm going for a Alex Lacazette winner. In like the eighth minute, Cheer. Come does on, he boy. start? Does he start so, his next game? 
No, no. I, well, does he sign the team? I think actually, do you know what? Because of what happened mid, because of the team you picked yesterday, you would have expected Lacazette to be in that starting eleven, and with you know, with what, what the way we've been setting up. But I think actually, he looked really good in that ten. I liked him in the ten, mate. Liked him in behind Aubameyang down the middle. Um, Smith Rowe, Saka interchanging. I like it. So yeah, yeah, I do. I Two think one he starts, win for actually. you. One one draw for me. Yeah. Cool. Um, so we come through that test. Uh, we've got a couple of games coming up after that. Um, we've got Watford. Uh, we've got, yeah, Watford's the next game after that. Again, a team that's going through that transition. We've also Ranieri coming in. Um, they've had an incredible result away at Goodison Park on the weekend. I mean, that, no one saw that coming. Yeah, so no one saw that coming. So they, they're obviously going to be buoyant as well. Um, and then after that, we've got um, Liverpool and Newcastle coming up after that. So as I mentioned, the next four games, mate, I think we'd be looking to take... I mean, if we can get... I'm going to be realistic with the Liverpool game and say we're going to get absolutely pants down for that. So, I, I, I suspect if we can get nine points... You know, nine points out, out of four games 12, there is good. Yeah. It would be great. And that's us getting a result. But that, mate, if I said you, you know, if I said you just on paper, we've got Leicester, Watford and Newcastle, nine points, you're saying that's probably quite realistic, right? Yeah, but we're Arsenal fans, mate. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, good point. This is it. You've always ask someone outside that. the circle and see what they think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, true. No, I, I do. I, I think, I think, it, like you say, I think you've nailed it on, you've got nailed on the head in terms of that Leicester game. That is a catalyst. If we go there and get a result, that springboards into Watford, we get, then we do a result of Watford. And it's obvious to say it, but really, in football, we ain't that momentum, Liverpool, it's mate. fucking we huge. Ain't, we ain't li- winning away with Liverpool. We ain't, I don't even see a draw away with Liverpool. I'm, yeah, I, I mean, if we just don't get hammered, it will be a positive. So as long, yeah. as, as long as it ain't just a capitulation, then I think we've done all right. And even if it is, it's kind of like, well, it's Liverpool, they're flying. So, um, you know, Newcastle it is what it is. Always well. three points, isn't it? That's always a... We're strong again at home as well, so I expect us to. I expect us to win that game. So you know, par score is six points, mate. That's absolutely minimum par score out of these games. Yeah, so that's a you know whether that's a win, that's a win and win against Watford, Newcastle when we lose to Leicester and Liverpool. However, you want to cut it for me, six points is a par score for those next four games, and then that puts us in a sensible position moving forward. I, I, I do think, I do think if we get a good result against those in those next four games, then puts us in a great position coming up to. You know the Christmas period, and yeah, you and look at that Christmas it, period. To be honest, mate, we got we got Manchester United away December the second, mm. and then everyone else we should be beating. <laughs> we should, yeah. It's Everton, it's Southampton, it's West Ham, it's Leeds, it's Norwich, it's Wolves, and then we play Man City first day of the new year. The fucking I know. Start that. Yeah, year Happy off New Year, shite, Happy yeah. New Year, buddy. Happy New Year, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, so we and and. Interesting. November is always that. November is the absolute like uh, terrible month for us. If you remember rightly, every year November we just seem to absolutely have a stinker. We've only got two or three games in November. Whereas normally, there's one of the dates for. We normally have more. Yeah. So four. we got four games. Yeah. Have we? Oh, oh so, well, Leicester, so we've got sorry. three games. Leicester's October thirtieth. So uh, there we go. So, um, but yeah. So um, the, the 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 least games possible in uh, in November is always the better for us. So um, you know. We got there. We got an international, another international break coming up as well. So I know, it's just, yeah, I know. I'll, I'll just give up with that. So um, we need to keep this momentum going into that break, um, like we did with the last one. So um, you know, I'm, I'm expecting us to to, to go well. Um, but yeah, I mean, just to kind of finish up, you know, um, 
you know, it's been a good conversation. It's great to kind of catch up properly again. On a scale of like, I don't know, one to 10, if you had to rate our season post Man City, okay, and how you're feeling moving forward out of 10, say, say zero is halftime Man City, we're absolutely useless, we're going down, Arteta's going to Friday night against Villa when we win 3 1. Where's the spectrum? Where are you landing? Are you, are you confident? Are you happy going into these games? We're going to get results. Do you still feel like we're miles off? You know, what, what's the kind of, just to summarize and finish off this kind of, this kind of return, return of the pod? Um, you know, where, where do you think we are with it, mate? I'm going to be reserved. I'm going to say I'm around a seven. Seven's good. Yeah. Seven's good. I thought you. I thought you could. I thought you might be less than that. Man. I thought you were going to be like a five. Like that. But again, yeah, I think cool. it comes down to our next game. Like uh, that yeah, win last night against Leeds. It, it's it's nothing. It means nothing. We're playing the like we're playing Arsenal reserves. Literally, with players that want to leave. And um, yeah. So they I'm, didn't, I'm in not... fairness to them, they didn't look like they wanted to. They were no. playing like they wanted to be there. Yeah, but when they you get 150k like, a week, you would do anything. Yeah, no, <laughs> I get that. I get. That. It's always difficult. You, it's always hard to know what the motive is. But you know, a lot of these players haven't played at all this season, and they're coming in. They're coming in cold. Some of these lads coming for, in pretty cold. So you know, they're playing for clubs. I think playing for contracts. Playing for contracts. Playing for bigger other club moves. I get it. So whatever the motive is, as long as Arsenal winning, I'm good. Shit. So yeah, so. I'll go down. I'll go down with a seven, and okay. I say seven because I think. I'm very aware of what could happen at Leicester this weekend. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I would probably say you can't knock them. You can't. You can't. We haven't lost a game since Man City, so it's difficult really to turn around and be really negative about it. You can critique it like we have done and try and pick the bones out of it and try and be you know constructive with it. But yeah, I'm probably around the same, mate. I've still got my reservations. You know, I, I think this 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 weekend game is huge to tell us where we are because that's are a good side, they're in form, um, and so are we. So it'd be a good, it's gonna be a good yardstick to see where we are in terms of what, what we've got coming up and and setting that platform for for the fixtures coming up. So, um, I personally think we are probably around the same. I reckon we're seven as well. That's a solid shot. Hopefully, next time we speak. We're going fucking hell, mate. We've won. We've, we've <laughs> absolutely, we've absolutely dispatched Leicester. We've done Watford in the eye. Uh, we've managed to nick a point away at Anfield, and we've spanked Newcastle at home. And then we're just like, we're like sixth, you know, and sixth, fifth, absolutely flying. Um, I don't know, but you never, know, boy can dream. Um, and and then we're we're, 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 we're after the Leicester result because I think either way, whatever happens at Leicester, there's going to be things to talk about because there's going to change. Oh, definitely, the whole yeah, absolutely. What goes on, so. Definitely. But, um, Wicked. Yeah. I think we've had, I think it's been obviously great to get the pod rolling again. You know, it, it was a difficult time with COVID. You know, I was on my deathbed with COVID at one point. It was like, you know, it was like, you know, will I ever make it back to the pod, you know, let alone fucking anything else. So, um, no, it's been, um, you know, it's been good to kind of get to kind of dust off the mics and, and, and kind of chew the fat about the Arsenal and, and kind of get that going again. We will be, um, we'll be doing this more regular, I think. Uh, we definitely doing it more regular, mate. Yeah, I hope so. I think yeah, we're back. Yeah, yeah cool. We're, it's we're good. I was, I was waiting for confirmation. Though, are you going to say, "Now, nah, <laughs> mate, I'm one. I'm one and done." So, um, yeah, no, we'll, we'll get this more regular. You know, whether it's post games, whether we, you know, we wait for a couple of games, we bundle it in together, depending on our schedules. Obviously, with Fraser being in the states, me being back in the, in the homeland, obviously, they not always kind of time zone wise marry up. So, um, around our kind of our, our lives, um, but it's we worth will, mentioning um, as well. Def- obviously, we'll. Well, I'll be heading back. 
for the Christmas period. Yeah, boy, so, I forgot about this. Yes, we'll he is. He's coming back. He's coming back. There's anyone back. that listens, come over, buy us a pint. Say hello. Yes, yes, so, absolutely. Um, no, it's that'll looking be, like that'll what be is wicked. it going to be? It's going to be what? Norwich away, Boxing Day, fingers crossed. Yeah. And then yeah. absolutely Wolves at home. We are going to be at that Wolverhampton Wanderers game. Um, yeah. Absolutely, you know, killing it. Back down, spots, back down. The black stock, the 12 pins. Yeah, the, the tavern. The yeah, absolutely. We're going to be back there. The Island. I haven't Eagle. been down that one yet. The new one that opened You've up. You've not been down Island? Yeah, no, Island's all right. Yeah. It's nice. It's like, it's, like a, it's more of a sports bar than like a proper boozer. Yeah. But it's quite good because obviously you've got all the sports well, on and everything. So that's um, literally that just follow your roads. What's that, mate? I think it's one of Dad's pals that owns it, that Mick guy. Mick, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he mentioned about it, actually. Yeah, he drinks there, so... Absolutely. So, no, it'd be great to see you, mate. Obviously, Christmas time as well. So, um, you know, hopefully Arsenal can, uh, you know, give us a few gifts. Sweet. Um, <laughs> oh, so, yeah, why? Are you note... seeing this? Sorry, this is... No. West oh, breaking news. West breaking news. West Ham are doing Man City 3-1 on penalties. Wow. Okay. Well, there we go. Three two. <laughs> it's three two. We have got a live penalty going on on the pod. Um, <laughs> oh, this could be um, it. West Ham, is it? Is it West Ham? Is it? Is it to win? No, it can't be. Is it three two? What? If they, what you say it is? If they, if they score, if West Ham score this, Man City have to score the next one. Oof, oof. And this is for the League Cup, isn't it? League Cup. Yeah. The Carabao Cup. Sorry. We've got Cresswell stepping up for West Ham. There we go. This is gold. Gold. I've always preferred the commentary on the radio. Awkward silence. Awkward silence waiting. <laughs> and he scored. Go. They scored. Was yeah. that goal? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought you were like... <laughs> <laughs> Was that? So what? Man City? Um, Man City uh, West winning 3-2. No, West Ham winning 3-2. 4-2. West Ham winning 3-2. 4-2. Hey, for sure don't get us on the radio. Because <laughs> this is an absolute shit. And Grealish. Grealish steps up. If he scores, they stay in it for the final pen. If he misses, agree this. a lot of pressure. Man Can City he do it? Out. Man City, well, they won it fucking every year since 1843. Unreal. This would be massive, mate. If they get knocked out, that's massive. Because they have got a stranglehold on it at the minute. And I can just see us lifting that trophy. Come on. Come on, Grealish. Fuck it up. This is intense. He scored. So Damn it. Four Damn three. it. So, if, if West Ham scored this, they've won. Oh, who's on the pen? Mark Noble? Oh, it's um the one that used to play for Brentford, who we were linked with. Oh, Ben Rama. That's it, Ben Rama. Ben Rama, Saeed Ben Rama to win it. Live on the Overland and FT podcast. <laughs> from <laughs> San Diego. Yeah, live, live, <laughs> live from San Diego. Sunny San Diego. Is it sunny over there? I don't know. Is it yeah, nice? It's boring, man. Yeah, it's probably you know, definitely not like it is in England. So. He's done it! Yeah, he's only <laughs> got it, done it! Manchester City are out of the Carabao Cup, leaving it paid for the Arsenal to uh, lift the trophy for the first time in God knows how long. Um, <laughs> yeah, so here's dreaming, here's dreaming. Um, I want to thank Fraze, obviously, for um, coming back on the pod today. Always good to speak to you, mate. Always um, a pleasure, never a chore, Sam. Always a pleasure, never a chore. We'll see you on the next one. We're Take out. Care, pal.